Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Hello and welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ at 102.1 FM. It is Brisbane's own local community radio station. We are celebrating that at the moment. It is Radiothon time at 4ZZZ, a time where we ask everybody to pitch in and subscribe at the station and you can win some great prizes for doing so. We'll hear more about that later in the show. Uh, My name's Andy, and I will be with you for the next hour. I'm coming to you this week from Larrakia Country, um, a.k.a. Darwin, in the top end. Um, But, of course, FortriBZ Broadcasting on Jagger and Turable Countries and many others around this broad continent. Um, Today on the show, it's a bit of a celebration of the Radiothon theme of Adventurous Ears and of the role of community non-profit media in, I guess, bringing uh, music that challenges the status quo to your attention. I'm going to be interviewing three different people who, for the love of it and for their uh, care for our world, uh, promote political music in different ways. I'm going to be speaking to Kepa from... Global Intifada on 3CR, Community Radio in Melbourne. Uh, That is one of the best political music radio shows in this country. I'll also speak to Matt Ward, who does a monthly column in Green Left Weekly and a podcast about new radical political music. And Russell Henderson, who's based in the US but does a podcast all about political music called Polyrical. And... Uh, amongst talking about political music and its importance, it's also about uh, media that is challenging, that is unafraid to step on people's toes, that is willing to play things that sound a bit rougher around the edges, and that isn't constrained by the need to make a profit. All are these people we talk about um, music that's radical and challenging, and also about uh, media that is the same, and also about the issues with commercial media and you know big record labels and all these kind of things that mediate how an artist manages to get their art to listeners. And so it's a good one for Radiothon theme. I'm going to reiterate again: um, community radio is really valuable, really useful. 
And though I would say it's thriving, it's doing well, it is surviving in some ways better than commercial media, the the challenges of our current era of uh, media technology. But, you know, we're competing against big, big companies with big budgets who are um, out there trying to grab your attention and it costs money to keep even a... A station like Fortrible Z, which runs on you know thousands, tens of thousands of hours of volunteer labor, um, it costs money, and so we're asking you who you don't have to suffer through endless ads when you listen to your media, just pitch in once a year, help keep the station on air, and you can win a prize. Uh, as I said earlier, today's show is going to be all about political music, and I'm going to interview three people who not only love political music, uh, but who are out there promoting it in different ways. And the first one I'm going to interview is Kepa from the Global Intifada show on 3CR, great community radio station down in Melbourne. And you can listen to Global Intifada online. You'll hear more about it in this interview. Um, It's an excellent show playing songs from across the breadth of history and the breadth of the globe that are about changing the world. Let's have a listen. My name's Kepa. I'm a long-time... Uh, subversive, activist, you know, troublemaker, a human of no nation. And yeah, I currently do a radio show called Music for the Global Intifada on 3CR. Yeah, so today's show we are talking about uh, radical music, music to change the world. And Global Intifada is uh, a great example. It's on 3CR, excellent community radio station. Can you tell us a bit about Global Intifada and what you do? It's a music and current affairs show. You know, a show can be about all sorts of different things. It could be a, uh, any, any particular week. It could be a genre of music or it could be focusing on a, a specific uh, protest campaign that's happening at the, this point in time. It could be uh, about a, a particular person, particular activist or a particular musician. So yeah, every, every week it's different. And you know, we also focus on historic events too. So, you know, you know, Soweto uprising in 1976, for instance, you know, we might do a show focusing specifically on on songs about yeah, so there's there's a wide scope and we do it through music. So, you know, if there's a particular campaign like against uh, youth prisons or something happening at this time, we'll, we'll play songs relating to that and, you know, perhaps chuck in an interview or information about upcoming protests or, you know, what's been happening, you know, on the ground at a protest that day, for instance. One of the things I think is really notable about your show is that, like it says in the title, it really is global. Um, you're often talking about events that are happening either now or historically in all corners of the globe, and then often playing music from these places that we don't often get to hear. Yeah, like last week, for instance, we focused on two things, uh, the Yazidi massacre of 2014 and the Yazidi people's ongoing struggle. And we also focused on uh, Burkina Faso, 
the uh, was Revolution Day in Burkina Faso on the 4th of August. Yeah, so, yeah, we focused on those two things, which are both things that, you know, people don't in general hear a lot about. And, you know, quite a bit of effort goes in, often goes into uh, collecting the music, you know, specific music and, you know, checking that it's... Uh, on topic and you know and not doesn't say inappropriate things you know it, yeah it can be time uh, quite challenging and time consuming collating everything but yeah it's it is really important because i mean we are internationalists yeah yeah and we're a big believer in solidarity knows no borders right yeah yeah for sure and so I guess it's one of the things of anything to do with radical art and music. I guess there is this tension of like facing the problems of the world. Is music going to do much? Well, yeah, you know, does a protest on the street do much? Does writing letters do much? Does burning down a CEO's house do much? All these things do a little bit, you know, they, they all do a little bit. And when we put everything together, hopefully we'll win, you know, or at least at least we're giving it a go. And music is just as important, all culture is just as important as any other form of activist endeavor, in my opinion. And all culture, you know, it's, I, I really um, disagree with that uh, often heard line of, you know, art being above or beyond or separate from you know, day-to-day struggles, you know. I, I firmly believe that all forms of culture, big, you know, uh, poetry, film, uh, theatre, music, it all should be socially engaged, you know. For you personally, I guess, are there radical musicians that have had a, a big influence on you politically? Yes, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, be, I began my politics with with punk rock. I mean, I was interested, I was definitely interested in politics long before that, but like I became a punk rocker, so to speak, uh, in, at the beginning of punk, you know, I was 14 years old in 1977. And, you know, I mean, at the time, I, <laughs> being a naive 14 year old, I thought the clash were like, you know, genuine revolutionaries and that, you know, you know punk rock was going to change the world, you know. Uh, so yeah, definitely from an early age, music has influenced my politics, and and it still does. You know, it still does. It still does. Do you have a favourite, all-time favourite political artist? No, I don't have one. I've got lots. Uh, a woman named Barbara Dane is my favourite at the moment. Um, she just turned ninety-five a little while ago, and. Um, uh, I'm, we're going to do a special on her soon on the show. Um, she she founded a record label called Paradon Records uh, in I think it was 1969, and the label was ex, uh, explicitly to bring political music from around the world to Western listeners, uh, particularly in the, the United States, because that's where she was from. And you know her record label released just dozens and dozens of records from every corner of the planet you know it's fantastic and yeah she's just a huge inspiration to me this this woman yeah what she did this was like we're talking 1969 she started the label so 
that, that was even before cassette tapes uh, existed. I mean, of course, cassette tapes are, were one of the most important, you know, <laughs> inventions as far as uh, protest music goes because, you know, up until that point, it was only vinyl and it was relatively expensive to make records and, you know, you'd only put two songs on a single sort of thing. And suddenly there were cassette tapes, which, you know, we could, everyone could, you know, copy and make new copies and pass them on. And, you know, they were just an incredibly important thing. And, you know, still are actually some parts of the planet. But Barbara Dane, fantastic woman. Oh, I look forward to the special. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, I guess finally, I mean... Uh, your show is on 3CR every week and we're recording this interview for Fortable Z and it's Radiothon this week. I guess, what for you is the importance of independent, uh, community-owned media like these community radio stations? Oh, well, I mean, you know, it, it is community and it's such a fantastic thing, you know. It's a fantastic thing to, to you know, meet, you know, talking to the bus driver when he's having a break and, you know, he's, he's originally from Somalia and it's like, you know, he's heard of 3CR and, you know, his community knows the station. I mean, that, that aspect of it, you know, it, it is the community and the community, you know, all sorts of people get information and inspiration from the station. But, yeah, I mean, 3CR in itself, is an, it's an activist hub, you know, it's like a, it's like a social centre which we live for that sort of thing, you know, to create such spaces where our community and, and other people can safely create. <laughs> yeah, a space for us to create. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring, you know, it's, 3CR is inspiring. It's been going, you know, 40, same, same Triple Z, right? It's been going since the 70s. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful that we have to, have Radiothon, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's great that we do this with, you know, very minimal support from scumbags. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, thanks very much, Kepa, both for chatting to us and also for all the work that you put into uh, bringing that uh, global political music to an Australian audience. Uh, thank you, Andy. That is Kepa there from Global Intifada. If you want to listen to the show, you can go to 3cr.org.au slash Global Intifada. And there it's got a whole heap of back episodes you can listen to. Of course, uh, you can also tune in live from Thursday, 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. each week uh, at 3cr.org.au. And I'll tell you what, um, from experience, there are few people in Australia that can match Kappa for uh, knowledge of political music historically or currently. Um, amazing knowledge that he has and so uh, brings out people like Barbara Dane and does it every week on the Global Intifada show. Somebody who is trying to match him for political music knowledge is Matt Ward who is a writer and broadcaster based in Sydney and who on Green Left Weekly writes a roundup of political music released each month. He has a podcast as well. Um, It's often quite a useful resource of finding music for the paradigm shift, I have to say. 
and Matt does a great job supporting uh, people that are making radical music. So I thought I would support him by chatting to him and letting people know about his work. Let's have a listen. My name is uh, Matt Ward. I'm a writer and musician based in Sydney. And today on the Paradigm Shift, we're talking about, I guess, radical music media. And you do a column for Green Left Weekly about new radical music and a podcast as well. It's a bit of a, a roundup of political music being released. Do you want to tell us about what you do and why? Well, I got into writing um, for the non-corporate media about 13 years ago. I, I, as a kid, I was always reading fact books, you know, like a thousand fact books for kids. And uh, my mum and dad were always laughing at me because I would only read fact books, which uh, then grew into a fascination for journalism. And I became a journalist as an adult and worked on newspapers all around the world. But always uh, I'd be reading every um, aspect of the media, you know, right wing, left wing, non-corporate, corporate. And I'd be seeing that all news was biased, you know, they all have their own agenda. And there's a huge difference between corporate media and you know, the mainstream media run by companies and um, non-corporate media, which is usually run by political activists or charities and so on. And so 13 years ago, I got my act together and started doing voluntary work for the non-corporate media. That's Green Left Weekly newspaper. It's based um, all around Australia, but um, I, I work from its, its Sydney office. Um, and I've started writing for them, doing lots of music, covering a lot of Aboriginal hip-hop because that wasn't being covered by the mainstream music press, and loads of interviews with um, Aboriginal rap artists because they had so much to say that yet they weren't getting any coverage. That resulted in a book uh, of 37 uh, different interviews with um, Aboriginal rappers from all over the country. Um, the book's called Real Talk, Aboriginal Rappers... Um, talk about their music and country and you can read that online for free or you can get it on Amazon for about a dollar um, and for the past eight years or so I think or six or six or eight years I've been doing a monthly political albums roundup where I'll listen every month to about um, 30 or so political albums all the new albums that come out and then round up the 10 best that relate to that month's political news and um, then um, put them all together in this monthly albums roundup and uh, have done a podcast version of that as well. There's about 14 um, episodes of that out there on the internet, which is called the 10 best political albums of the month. Yeah, it's very broad what you cover. Um, I guess, how do you find stuff and is there... How do you decide what goes on there? You know, is it guided by your own taste or by politics? No, it's not guided by my own taste. Um, I think Spotify told me I listened to something like 357 different genres a year, <laughs> you know. So I'm listening to absolutely everything. Um, I mean, I like all music, you know. Um, very little music that I don't like. Um but the range is from everything from country music to folk music to punk to screaming thrash metal, you know, where you can barely decipher the lyrics, that's just where they're just roaring into the microphone, to, you know, dance music, R&B, um, and everything in between, you know. And, and for me, it's, um, it's fascinating to, 
you know, force myself to listen to all those different genres because it gives you a, a real insight into into different different genres and so on. But the most inspiring thing about it is a lot of the times um, it's not the sort of extremely polished music that you hear on the radio. You know, it's 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 people that are having a go that that, that strongly believe passionately about what they're saying. Um, and so it'll be a bit rough and ready. And often the stuff that's um, a lot more raw and, and unpolished is is the stuff that really um, is really better than the than the really polished stuff that you hear on the radio. You know, because you can feel the passion, you can feel the um, the rawness and the emotion. You know, and that's what really counts in music for me. Yeah. I'm interested in talking about indigenous hip hop, which has been something that, as you mentioned, you have covered a bit. In recent years, we've seen a real rise in the reach and popularity of indigenous hip hop, but you've been covering it for a lot longer, I guess. What do you see as the um, importance in covering this specific genre? Yeah, right. I've been covering it for a long time, but the but the there was people you know playing it on the radio for years before me and it was it was played on i got into it by listening to a radio show on Corey radio here in in sydney it's the local aboriginal radio station and um, the guy who did the indigenous hip-hop show is called monkey muck or mc monk as he's um, also known and uh, he did this amazing show the indigenous hip-hop show which he'd been doing for since he started he was at the he's known as the grandfather of aboriginal hip-hop because he he started it all with his his crew the southwest southwest syndicate they're called um so i used to listen to his show and i thought wow this is so amazing because i'd listened to radio shows from all over the world and i thought this is world class you know why does no one know about this to you know of course loads of people knew about it in australia but um in the indigenous community. I was thinking worldwide, you know, the whole world should be hearing this. So I started recording it and uploading it to the internet. Um, and um, then people were downloading it from all over the world, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, became friends with Monk. Um, he, I, I also make music. He's, he's guested on a, on a single that I, I made with him. Um, so that's how I got into it. But the most the thing that Monk said, that Monkey Muck said, is the reason that these artists don't get covered by the mainstream music press is because they have no money. And you have to pay promoters to get yourself in the mainstream music press in Australia. An example of that, when I released my last album, I was hawking it round the music press to try and get coverage. Uh, one, one publication said, yeah, we can do an interview with you or we can do a review of your album. We love your album. We'll charge you $600 for a, for a re- review, which is a special rate just for you because we like your album. <laughs> that, or we can do a feature, an interview feature, and that'll be $1,500, reduced from 2500 you know. So this is what the artists face when they're trying to get coverage um, in Australia and all around the world, you know. So he said that is the reason why these Aboriginal rappers weren't getting any coverage, because they simply don't have the money to pay um, media outlets or, or publicists to get that coverage. So I thought it was also because what they're saying is basically unacceptable to the mainstream. You know, they're saying 
screw the government, um, screw white white imperialism, screw, screw, screw white people a lot of the time, you know. Um, so it, it's not the kind of thing that um, mainstream music press want to cover anyway, you know. Uh, so the reason why I wanted to interview is all these artists is because they had so many amazing, so much amazing things to say. You know, they, it was so educational what they were saying. They were talking about... Australian history, colonialism, the things that are going on today with incarceration, absolutely everything they were covering. Um, and then when you looked at Australian hip-hop, you know, white Aussie hip-hop, Barbies, <laughs> drinking beer, taking drugs, you know, um, nothing that was really all that interesting to me, even though I kind of liked the music. It was kind of like pop music, you know, Aussie hip-hop. Um, but the Aboriginal artists just had so much to say that was interesting um, and so much more politically astute and um, and it was there was so much to learn from it, you know, and that's the reason that I started covering it and ended up doing that book. Yeah, well, I guess, finally, I mean, you make political music and you've put a lot of effort into making this column and podcast, political music, written a book, as you say. Politically, why do you think music is important? Uh, well, it makes people feel less alone, I think, um, when you hold views that are not quite the mainstream, that you're always looking at the world more critically. Um, when you're really interested about finding what's really going on in the world, as I am and a lot of people are, um, it can be frustrating, you know, that... Um, People are getting away with so much uh, that's, that's criminal in the world, you know. And um, when you feel that sort of anger and frustration, it's um, very um, comforting to hear uh, that there are other people that feel that way and um, putting it into great songs, you know. That's a, that's a big reason. Um, I still remember the day when I first heard your music, Andy, um, when I was, I, I used to record uh, 3CR's Global Intifada um, radio show, uh, which is a, a radio show in Melbourne where they play all political and protest music. And then I would listen to those shows that I'd recorded when I got the chance to cycle out in Western Sydney in like 40 degree heat. And I still remember when I first heard you um, and you were, you were on that show uh, being interviewed and playing a few songs and I thought wow this guy's amazing and I still remember that I can picture the street that I was on and, and you often have those moments when you hear some amazing pieces of music and you know exactly where you were and 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 you can picture um you know that's how how, how strong an effect it has on you so if people are interested in finding your column and your podcast how can they do that the column is um, at greenleft.org.au and just search for Matt Ward, M-A-T-W-A-R-D. Um, and you can find the links to the podcast there as well, um, which is called The 10 Best Political Albums of the Month, or you can just search for it on Spotify. The book on Aboriginal hip-hop that you can read for free, you can search it up on Facebook. It's called Real Talk. Aboriginal rappers talk about their music. Um, and... Myself as an artist, I've released like nine political albums so far. Um, you can find me on Bandcamp or on Spotify and so on. My latest album is called Why I Protest and it's all based on um, protest chants. 
All right. Well, thanks very much, Matt, both for chatting with us and for all the work that you do promoting political music. Thanks very much for having me. You're on the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ. Matt Ward, who I was interviewing just before, a big fan of Indigenous hip-hop, as we heard, and he has written a book where he interviews a bunch of Aboriginal rappers who, uh, like those people, are there um, busting rhymes and standing up for their communities and don't always get much mainstream attention for it. Um, And that's what the show has been all about today, is people are promoting radical music and that's what we do at 4 Z as well look as far as i'm concerned subscribe to 4 Z because we need independent media we need media that will play um, local art and culture and allow local people to practice their skills of journalism and media um, we need it because there are some ideas that are unpalatable to the corporate media but that are worthwhile all the same and in fact sometimes are even more worthwhile because they're unpalatable to the corporate media and we need community media because ultimately I don't know if you've noticed a lot of what's on the corporate media is really crap <laughs> and somebody has to be willing to take a chance on something new and interesting and so often that's going to be independent community media and it is a wonderful thing to be part of you know to be part of a community that is uh, creating that is supporting each other um, that has a, a kind of vibrant cultural life and that's what 4 Z is and community radio in general that's my little spiel just do it okay <laughs> i've got one more interview to come up talking about radical music and media that supports radical music as we are this one we're going across the ocean to the usa where russell henderson makes a regular podcast called polyrical um polyrical a portmanteau of political and lyrical if you didn't catch that it's a great podcast and it plays a lot of historical stuff as well as a lot of new stuff And Russell really delves past the obvious to uh, play some really obscure um, DIY artists as well, which I think is really good. And so, same story with the other two. Russell puts a lot of time into supporting other people's art. I'm very happy to support his show by letting you know all about it. So, my name is Russell Henderson. I do podcasts. I actually have multiple podcasts. Well, there's actually have a daily podcast. It's called People Are Revolting. It's just short stories about people doing activist work, protesting, etc. And then I have a, a podcast that's called You Can't Be Neutral. But Polyrical is my kind of primary podcast that I produce. Yeah, and it's the one I'm interested in talking about on Paradigm Shift today, where we're talking about radical music and promoting it. So tell us about the Polyrical podcast. So Polyrical is a podcast of music and politics. Um, I started in 2016. Each episode follows a particular format in which I have a featured topic and a featured artist. So the topics can be anything political, and I define political in very broad terms. I, I have a, an episode about progressive tax reform, and I have an episode about radiation 
and I have episodes about refugees and feminism and Black Lives Matter, those kind of things that you might think are more political. But then I also have an episode about normal, just this term normal. How does how how is this expressed in music that has a political slant or political message to it? And in another episode about losing is the topic. So in addition to a topic every episode, I feature an artist every episode. Any kind of artist that I can find some political songs from. Um, and every now and then I put out an episode called Albums of Note, which just focuses on one entire album from start to finish from one artist. And I just started an occasional short episode called Songs of Note, in which I feature one specific song. The music that you cover is very broad as well, very many different styles and different artists, many of whom are quite obscure. How do you source all the music that you use? So I, I do, what a lot of people listen to music based on a genre. They like, they like country music or they like rap music or they like industrial music. And that's not how I listen to music. I listen to music for the lyrical content for what 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 are you trying to say what are you what are you telling me what is your message in this song and and that really kind of broadens my experience as far as genres go but as far as where i get it i mean i've been following artists and following political music for quite a long time i mean since since the 80s i grew up in the 80s and so you know since the 80s i've been listening to these kinds of music listening for these kinds of music and you know back then you discover music on the radio well everything's changed now and you discover music via the internet most people discover music via streaming I'm not a fan of streaming services maybe this is the old-fashioned part of me um maybe this is the modern part of me that understands the way those streaming services use and abuse the artists so i don't stream music I find new music by social media, mostly Twitter, um, by the artists that I follow now, and just looking for things, following some other uh, folks that are kind of doing something similar as me. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm like you, I'm a bit critical of um, music streaming and what it does to the way that we consume music as well as these corporations. Um, But then... You've got a podcast that's online. I mean, I use online things to um, get information out there. Do you think that compared to, you know, the, the 80s when you were hearing Billy Bragg or something like that, now that the internet has changed the possibilities for radical art? I mean, absolutely. It, it has to have. It's it's an enormous change in how we communicate with each other. So, um, you know, back back in the day, you heard music on the radio. That was the way, or you went to a record store and you bought it, but you probably went to a record store, either you heard it on the radio or you read about it in a magazine. And then you went and then you went and bought it and, and sought it out. And nowadays that's all at your fingertips all the time. And that's a double-edged sword. It's It gives a great ability for the artist to make direct contact with more people in a way with, that is less filtered than they could have before. I mean, previously they had to filter their message. They had to get fight for space in a magazine or fight for space on the radio, which is extraordinarily difficult. And and most artists don't 
aren't able to to get there. They don't have the support to get there. Well, now now that's out of the way. That's the good part. Artists, including political artists and all artists, can now put put their own product out on the web, and everyone can access it from pretty much anywhere they are. But the downside is now they're not just competing with you know a few hundred people for a radio spot or a magazine line or two, but they're competing with everybody around the world for my my ears and your ears or eyes, depending on the art that they're putting out. Um, so the the internet now is a big benefit in in many ways, and then is a, a big challenge in new ways as well. So. Um, you put a lot of work into making this political music podcast. Out of all the different ways of doing political action, I guess, why do you think that political music is something that needs to be highlighted and shared? I mean, it's important to be political, first thing, and political music is part of being political. I think that ultimately we have an obligation to disrupt and dismantle all of these oppressive structures that have been built up to elevate certain folks and keep other folks down. So we have this obligation. Now, political music is on the very light end of taking action. Um, For the artists themselves, they put a lot more into that than I do. I'm an amplifier. I, I find things that pique my interest. I find things that I feel that are important that other people have said. And I share those things. And so I, I think of myself as kind of an amplifier in that way. But political music, while it is not being in the street, while it is not um, tearing down those structures directly, it is a critical input for activists. Um, it, it shows you that you're not alone. It shows you there are other people who think the way you think it can help you think differently. It can show you a different idea, a different way to think about something because of how someone else has expressed it and someone else has put it. Um, it can recharge you. I mean, I think music in general can can give us a lot of emotional feedback. It can, it can calm us. It can reassure us. It can inspire us. So political music is no different than any other music in that sense. And, um, you know, tearing down all of these uh, social structures that are in in folks' way. It's hard work. It's often not rewarding work. I'm not on the front lines as much as a lot of other people are on the front lines. This is a, my little contribution that I can make to that work, even though it's kind of an indirect contribution. All right, well, Russell, do you have a favorite political artist, maybe one that influenced you on your political track or one you've discovered doing the podcast this is the toughest question and i'm not a parent but i feel, i think this is like asking a parent if they have a favorite child i don't think there's a way i can say there's one i can give you a list it won't necessarily be a particularly short list uh, so i'm gonna I, I think i'll just rattle off a two quick lists for you um bruce coburn billy bragg grace petrie the coup phil oaks david rovix Anne feeney ani defranco michael franti Chumbawamba. Those are names that you and probably a lot of your listeners and a lot of folks out there have at least heard of. Uh, Here's a few more that maybe fewer people have heard of. There's a great artist called The Truth. Um, He's not recording music currently under that name. It is The T-H-A, T-R-U-T-H. Some fantastic um, political rap 
uh, albums put out in, I think, late 90s, early early 2000s. Um, Mark Levy, he's a great folk uh, singer from the late 80s, early 90s, and his music's practically lost out there. I don't find it online. Dan Byrne, Jill Sobule, Lily Lewis. Adim the Artist is another one I found relatively recently within the last year. Pink Williams, Jesse Jett, Evan Greer, Consolidated, Utah Phillips. And I'll stop there because I could definitely go on. But that actually that last one, it's last, but it's not last. Utah Phillips, huge inspiration on me as far as worldview and music and politics. Yeah, I love Utah Phillips. I love uh, his little stories between songs. And I guess he has a very compassionate worldview um, of all the people that he's met and I guess mixing history with kind of trying to support things that are going on. Um, I think you Charles Phillips is great too. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. All right. Well, thanks very much, Russell, both for the work you put into political podcast and for chatting to us today on the show. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. That is Russell Henderson there from Polyrical Podcast. P-O-L-Y-R-I-C-A-L. You can find it online. Uh, the website is movingtrainmedia.com slash political or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find it there and hear Russell playing some of the best political music from around the world. I'm going to give a final plug for the other people that are interviewed on the show. Matt Ward, you can find his monthly article about new political music on greenleft.org.au and then just search for Matt Ward and you'll find that and he does a podcast as well that can be found on all the podcast streaming places and right at the top of the show we had Kepa from Global Intifada which is played on 3CR another wonderful community radio station in Melbourne and that plays on Thursday afternoons 5 to 6 p.m. but if you go to 3cr.org.au slash global intifada you can listen to all the back episodes of that and uh, it's a incredible breadth of protest music played on that so they are all worth supporting but you know what else is worth supporting for triple z your own community radio station that you're listening to right now it is community media and that means that you got to be a part of it. And so pitch in some money, help keep it on the air. You can win some prizes. But the best prize of all is having uh, a community radio station of our own, an alternative to, you know, the narrow vision of corporate media or just the, the placelessness and atomization of the internet. You know, community media is really valuable. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. Uh, I love being at 4ZZZ and I want to help continue to make it better and I hope that you do too. So I'll be back next week. I'll see you then. 